So this movie inspired me to get a tarot reading. How did that go? It went well. I asked how the podcast uh, would go, and she said it's going to be our best one, man. Our best one. <laughs> uh, that's probably not true. Uh, did, did you ask anything else? Yeah. Yeah, I wanted to make sure she was legit, so I asked if she was a virgin or if she had lost that's... her powers to earthly lovers. How did that go for you? Uh, not so well. I admire your luck, Mr. Bond. My name's Bond. James Bond. Thank you, Mr. Bond. Name's Bond. James Bond. So here we are, Scott. We're welcome to the Roger Moore era. The Roger Moore era. We made it. Woo! Yeah. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. I can I cannot hear the excitement in your voice. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. Interesting's a it's just, interesting's uh, a good a good word I think. So going back to our last podcast we just did, what what you know you were kind of on the fence. You know you thought it was a good point. Um, now that we've seen a Roger Moore film, what do you think about my, the statement I made that Diamonds is a Roger Moore film starring Sean Connery? I don't think it's too far-fetched. Um, I don't know, that movie's kind of... its it, it really is kind of skewed for me just because we followed On Her Majesty's Secret Service and I think I was just happy to see Sean Connery again. Right. But I could see a Roger Moore character. Well, it seemed like more of his style. Yeah. A little bit than, uh, yeah. you know, than, than Connery. So, likes his cigars, though. So I like that side of him. Yeah, yeah. So you see that unlike... Uh, oh my goodness... Lazenby, mm-hmm. that they actually made an effort to kind of make Roger Moore not like Sean Connery. Yeah, very much so. So, you know, they took things that Roger Moore did, and he's a huge cigar smoker. You guys have that mm-hmm. in common. I sent you that text. Uh, it was actually in his contract. Uh, what was he? He had to have like a case of cigars Yeah, always available for him. Monte Cristo? Yeah, to smoke on set. So, you know, that's, you know, that's a difference. How he wears his clothes, you know, unlike Sean Connery, who always kept his tie you know, pretty much on the whole time. Roger Moore likes to show some of that chest off. No hair. Yeah. High speed, low drag. Right, right. Uh, what was it that uh, Sean Connery said in You Only Live Twice? Uh, bear, women don't bear fruit and bear, <laughs> bear <laughs> I, trees or something. I know the, uh, I know the, the yeah, reference yeah, making, that horrible I scene. I have no idea what he was saying. Yeah. So, I mean, up front, let's just be honest to, to our listeners. We're going to give this podcast a full effort, but in regards to the movie, I right now have zero passion about Live and Let Die. In fact, I would watch You Only Live Twice, twice, before I watch this movie one more time. It was a tough watch. It was. Yeah, I wasn't too too thrilled with it. Are you drinking anything for this? Yeah, I'm drinking a, a Greyhound, actually, Vodka and grapefruit juice, which okay. has nothing to do with the movie at all. No, not. I just felt like drinking it. Yeah, well, you're allowed to do that. What are you drinking? Um, the drink ordered, much again to Roger Moore's taste, trying to be different than Sean Connery. He does not order a vodka martini in this movie. James Bond all of a sudden is a bourbon drinker. Yeah, just out of nowhere. Which you know, got hey, finger. He did one time. Yeah, he had because he was in America. You know, yeah. you know, Sean Connery uh, knowing his you know drinks, but he had a mint julep. 
and and that little nod to you know he knows where he's at. Mm-hmm. So one kind of disappointed because you're in New Orleans. I feel like there's it's more of a rum town. There's yeah. a lot you know hurricanes, a lot of different mixed drinks that New Orleans is famous for. Uh, you know maybe stereotypically for tourists, but still yeah. You know, but my main gripe is, and maybe this is again Sean Connery more of a Connery thing than a Moore thing. James Bond knows his liquor mm-hmm. very well. Vintage years, he knows how long something needs to be uh, in, in, a, um, in the barrel before it's tapped. Mm-hmm. He has all that knowledge. Bourbon is... It can be a very... How do I put this? Uh, douchey? Is that... Snobbery. Pretentious? It can pretentious be a very, a very pre- good word. Yeah. Pretentious drink in which people are very specific on... The age of their bourbon, where their bourbon is from, the flavors that come from the barrels. So it's a great drink for somebody like James Bond to be very specific on his brand, how long it was aged. Oh, yeah. And, and he just walks in and he's like, uh, bourbon with water. Just whatever you got down th- that shit, the, uh, you know, low end, whatever, I don't care. Yeah. It's old, just pour, pour for me. Old crow. Yeah. Whatever you got in the rail back there. Yeah. Oh, work. Felix Leiter should always be drinking bourbon. Why is that? He's an American. CIA. He is the American version of James Bond, if you will. That would be the American's drink. Right there. It would be. Back in the Connery era. Yeah. When he was drinking his uh, vodka martinis. That would be. Would it make sense? Well, you know. You want to get into it? I guess we have to, right? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's bond over some bond. It is the second Bond novel, mm-hmm. believe it or not, which became the eighth Bond film. It was made in uh, 1973, and Sir Roger Moore, I almost said Sean Connery there. Almost. Sir Roger Moore plays James Bond. They did offer him a huge sum of money to be in this movie that he turned down. Really? Yeah. Was it a, I mean, like, do you know the numbers? I think it was 5.4 straight up, plus a kickback of the profits. Yeah, because he got one and a quarter, roughly, on with a kickback from diamonds, and yeah. he got the huge kickback, which he made his most money off. Was yeah, and the charity. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and he set up that Scottish. Yeah, so 5.4 up front with the kickback. It's a lot of money, man. Walked away from that. What do you? We could have a whole podcast on what Sean Connery did after Games Bond. Great stuff. Yeah, yeah. We'll talk about that later. Okay. All right. Double O thirty. Yeah. 0030. You going first this week? I think you uh, won, lost. <laughs> the coin said you. I lost. All right, here we go. All right, same thing we're doing every week. Uh, I hear a bell and I'll start timing and uh, do whatever mental warm ups you need to do here. <clears throat> Alright This is probably like the third time I've read this So this should be fun In three, two Do you like voodoo? Tarot cards maybe? Pimp mobiles? Redneck sheriffs? A youthful Jane Seymour? 
We meet the third actor to play James Bond in the franchise, and he is different in so many ways. Wait, let me get this straight. The plot is a UN ambassador slash drug dealer is attempting to distribute tons of heroin for free. Then once he drives the other dealers out of business and the addicts have doubled, he will start charging and control the market? Well, at least the song was good. That's it. Hey, you made it. Plenty of time. That's a good, uh, that's a good rendition. I'm down for that. I don't know if I'm going to be able to match it, but I'm going to give it my own. Okay. All right. So, you know, when I hear a bell, I'm going to start going. All right. Three, two, one. Three agents involved in monitoring Dr. Kananga are killed, M-Sense 007, because, of course... Bond arrives in the U.S. only to have his driver killed. He meets Mr. Big, who runs a drug ring through restaurants around the U.S. Felix Leiter is in this movie. so But so is another CIA agent, Strutter, who, unlike Felix, is actually an awesome character. Bond meets a tarot reader who loses her power because of Bond's penis. Herpes will do that to you. We learn of a heroin plan. We end up in Louisiana, where every character is a shitty stereotype. There are boat chases. The villain dies via expanding to death. A dead henchman is alive and riding in the train. In short, what the fuck? I got it. Yes. You probably didn't, but I'm going to give it to you. Thank you. Thank awesome. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Expanding you. to death. That was a cool way to die. That was, uh, that was weird. That, yeah. 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 Whisper on the couch and the couch blowing up and uh, have uh, Kananga die that way. That let, was... me, let me just say something. If you explode to death, there is a, and excuse the language, a fuck ton more blood everywhere. Just everywhere. That's true. There's going to be organs flying around. Everything that's inside you right now is expanded just all over that room. And there was literally zero residue. Yeah. Nothing. I'm trying to remember. It seemed it seemed very much just like a balloon. It was like an air balloon. Up. Yeah. It was an air balloon and it just it popped and you can, it looked like a, an air balloon popping. Yeah. You know. I would love to see that film, just that one scene, just that five minutes done by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have turned out to uh, be. So really quickly, loose ends. This drug plan. Let's. They, they, it's, it's there's some economics. It essentially seemed like it's the same economics that drives the board game monopoly. Mm-hmm. So an order. Let's see. He's going to give away f- all the free heroin. So Peter Pan, kind of. Not really. It's not really Peter Pan. Go ahead. All the free heroin. Mm-hmm. And everyone's gonna get excited for it, so it's like you go all the way around the board. It's like free, for free. That's fine. That's fine. But that whole backside leading up to to uh, two hundred to go, he owns all of it. And he's like, you gotta come to daddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You gotta get to me. That's his plan. Is that he's? That seems what it is. Yeah. I how mean, much heroin do you have to give away for free? That's gonna be a shit ton to put people out of business. I mean. I don't know. I, I really struggled with this movie in, in so many ways. I uh, mean, it's... But so in order... You know, we also talked about in both of ours. It, this is a major part of the plot is is voodoo and tarot reading. Mm-hmm. So I think in order for you to really buy into live and let die, you have to buy into the fact that voodoo is maybe a thing. Maybe, maybe voodoo less because you can, you can put it into the culture of these people. But you have to buy in that, that not only is tarot reading a thing... Mm-hmm. But it's such a thing that she lost her powers because her and James had sex, which is a huge plot in the movie. Mm-hmm. That it's not just her being able to read these cards or have a gift or that she's conning anybody. She literally can't do it anymore. Yeah, She's lost this ability. And so if you don't buy into that, the whole movie's like, 
you know, we're children of the '80s. I mean, was yeah. this big in the '70s? I have no, I don't really know. I mean, terror rated? Yeah. No, I think what this movie, you know, the downfall of this movie was trying to cash in on on the on the error mm-hmm. uh, that that it was that was in. So unfortunately, that's that's the problem. Gotcha. Um, any other loose ends? Is that really it? No, no, it's just, you know. Once again, yours was better than mine. I don't know if once again. I liked your, I loved your beginning. (laughs) That was really good. We'll do it live! Yeah. So, Bond for the non-Bond. I'll be interested. How are are you going to sell this movie? You want to know how I'm going to sell this movie? Yeah, are you going to stick? Do you like voodoo? (laughs) Tarot cards, maybe? Pimp mobiles? Pretty much just like that. That's how I'm going to sell that movie. Um... Okay. My reason to see it is... The, the Masters course here? Go ahead. Um, to see why the 1970s was the silver age of B-movies. This is really an homage to the black exploitation genre that's exploding in the 70s in America. And they really take advantage of it. Um, and it, it, it's, an homage, it's an A movie that's uh-huh. an homage to B-movies. Which wouldn't happen until Quentin Tarantino... <clears throat> Does that years later? One yeah. of the reasons I referenced him. I'm so ignorant early. on this subject, and I, you know, watching, you know, how I study these films, watching the extra features, they yeah. openly admit it. That's kind of like why they went down this path, right? But I'm so I think so it's, I think it's an, this, an ignorant British understanding of black culture that mm-hmm. they just added these like supernatural, the tarot reading, and the yeah. of course it's a it's drugs. I thought it was just like distastefully mm-hmm. done, almost that it was like. You know, one thing is when a black writer and director are doing this tongue-in-cheek and yeah, you've got yeah, the yeah, jive yeah. talk. Yep, and the, yep, yep. But for to have, like, these white writers, yeah. this British, British yeah. writers and directors. Oh, of course there's pitmobiles and uh, drugs. And of course, of course everyone talks, you know, like, yeah. it was just, I don't know, it was rough. It was, yeah. it was, it was rough. Yeah. Which, I mean, and just the subject matter with the whole voodoo and tarot cards. Right. And the drugs. And the plot wasn't that strong for me. Yeah. You know, which was just made this movie so tough to get into. I really wanted to get into Roger Moore. You know, I was like, all right, you know how I am. You know how I was with Lazenby. Yeah. I'm going to give him a shot. Right. Yeah. And I liked a lot of the things Roger Moore does. It's just like this movie surrounding him. It's just tough to tough to follow. Right. So let's go ahead and give it a lot of poor rankings in our next segment. <laughs> The Distinguished Debauchery of 007. I wouldn't go as far as calling you a cold-hearted bastard, but it wouldn't be a stretch to imagine. Then you'll also know that in poker you never play your hand. You play the man across from you. By the cut of your suit you went to Oxford or wherever. Naturally think human beings dress like that. But you were it with such disdain. Since MI6 looks for maladjusted young men, I give little thought to sacrificing others in order to protect Queen and Country. Beautiful. Even now and then a trigger has to be pulled. Or not pulled. It's hard to know which in your pajamas. Q. 007. You think of women as disposable pleasures rather than meaningful pursuits. Martinis rank on the scale of zero to five olives. I gave this movie one olive. 
I didn't have him drinking a lot. Maybe I missed something. Definitely the bourbon water. We've already talked about that. Some Which he doesn't sh- drink. Champagne. Um, but that's, I feel like, yeah, yeah, this movie, there was drinks ordered, but not drinks drank. That's... He does have two cigars. I started Actually, taking... with, with Roger Moore, we might have to have a cigar counter. I, instead of uh, martinis. Yeah, yeah, because I'm, I'm at one olive. Uh, I have, I'm, I'm glad you said it. He orders three drinks, and then I say he, fi- yeah, I notice he finally drinks with solitaire at uh, Kanenga's underground lair. Uh-huh. So I'm at one olive as well. Great. Okay. Casino Roya. Rank from lowest poker hand to highest. I'm at a pair. Um, very little. Again, uh, they played gin rummy. Him and Solitaire played uh, gin, gin rummy on the uh, train at the end of the movie. So there was hardly... There was no there was no gambling. Right. Real. Essentially. Uh, I forgot about that. I, I missed that. Uh, I saw they were playing cards... Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe it was just because no money there was no interaction of, yeah, yeah. there was no actual gambling and the tarot I had a fold I'll raise it now to a high card high card uh, the, what I did like about that scene was it was the classic man uh, trying to explain to the woman and then how just, you the strategy of the game this, yeah. this is the basic strategy and as she you know drops all the cards on yeah so. Turnbull and Asser rank from 0 to 5 cufflinks I gave this movie one cufflink. There's a lot of open collared shirts. Although I will give this movie credit, this is where the classic black turtleneck, black pants, and gun holster <laughs> comes in, which, um, excuse me, which uh, Daniel Craig plays homage to and all the Spectre posters. He's wearing that same outfit, which Roger Moore made famous, and I think is has become a famous James Bond Outfit and is also the outfit that I feel Archer, Archer. most it's parodies. Tactical neck. Yes. Yeah. I'm at one and a half cufflinks, so I might as well be in the same area. <laughs> uh, he Roger Moore is a fan of the double-breasted jacket. Have you noticed that yet? Even the quadruple-breasted. I, I, I Maybe that's in the next movie. <laughs> but holy crap, yeah. yeah. And then He uh, just needs those pockets for his cigars, maybe, and all his cigar tools. I don't know. That must be it. Other, I mean... He wears a lot of wardrobe changes, uh, like Connery. A lot of a lot of changes, and they're and just not good outfits. They're just not good. Yeah, I just, I, it's just maybe it's the seventies. I just, I hate what he's wearing. You can still look good in the seventies. I don't know. Yeah. Aston Martin rank from one to five hundred horsepower. I give this movie zero horsepower because officially there is no official car. It's hard to argue with that. You know, I, I'm trying to make the argument of the double-decker bus, but uh, that is not a Bond car. So. That is not a Bond car. But neither was the uh, the Chevy truck in From Rush With Love. Which you count as a car, and I don't. That car is officially the... Um, Bentley. Oh my goodness, the Bentley. His Mark car yeah. that James Bond has ownership of. I may need to rethink that. Yeah. Q Branch. Rank from zero to five Qs. I give this movie three cues. Um, there's no Q in this movie, which is That's the right. first movie. There's no Q. There's mention of Q branch. Mm. Um, the main gadget is the watch. And so it's kind of a lot of cues just for one watch. But I felt this watch was just a bit much. Uh, I know he explained the, the metal. and uh, You got to see the beginning with the zipper. And I, I get all that. And then out of fucking nowhere, it's also a rope cutter. Yeah, and I was like, "Oh my god!" 
it's going to be one of those gadgets. Just just like, oh, I need to get out of something. This watch will do it for me. Yeah. Uh, what the whole compressed uh, air shark gun? Was that a Q Q weapon? You know that he kills Kanega with, and he kills, uh, or he doesn't kill Whisper, but he shoots the couch Whisper sitting on. That's not a Q weapon, you think? I don't. I don't think so. I think That's just a standard issue think, scuba diving thing. Yeah. I'm kind of ignorant on that subject, but I'm I'm with you. Two Qs. Uh, I did enjoy the uh, hang glider from Coral's boat, Coral Junior's boat. Uh huh. But uh, the only other thing I had really was like the um, bug detector that he had, and there's really the watch that was all the yeah. bells and whistles. License to kill. Rank from zero to seven rounds. I give it two rounds. I'm right there with you. I think he had three kills. I don't know if you. Yeah, this is just a totally different James Bond. We're pumping the brakes yeah. a little bit. And again, you know, maybe trying to seem different from from Connery. I don't know, but that's really all I have to say about that. No. Yeah, I mean, it's a. Uh, I have three. three yeah, three guys. Uh, Baron Samiti. He didn't die, right? When he knocked him into the the snake coffin. No. Uh, uh, and then I have Tihi. Kills Tihi on the train. So I have four. Four is my count. Okay. Finally, the quote, Bond girls, end quote, rank from zero to five suffragettes. I have this movie at four suffragettes. Oh! And we, oh. Might, we might have to add some time. Oh. I may be a little long-winded, but I think you're going to enjoy my, my overall point. Make your case, sir. Pretty simple. Pretty simple. Welcome to the Roger Moore era. Mm-hmm. I think this is, you know... Uh, good introduction so here's here's a lot of my beef during the connery era no matter what i said these last seven podcasts the way maybe connery treated him he was a little tough he was a little forceful connery's clearly a chauvinist um there was always a strong female character in the connery movies whether it was a villain whether there was at least one strong female character i didn't really feel that there was a strong female character at all in this movie, in this movie. And watching this movie, rethinking the female characters, rethinking the Bond girls, uh, I felt Solitaire was, was pretty useless. She was just young and naive and just moldable and like... Maybe. I don't know. Worse than Domino. Um, I didn't have a problem with Domino. Yeah, that's true. We did. Um, and I think Domino is going to be close next podcast. Tune in to my opinions on the on Good Night. Um, Scaramanga's his uh, his mistress. Um, I think there's a correlation between Domino as you know the Stockholm syndrome. Oh yeah, she's stuck. I'm captured, yeah, and then yeah. you know Scaramanga's mistress. Uh, what is it? Andy's Andre Andre Anders. Yeah. Um, but so again, I'm, I'm rethinking this whole thing and it dawned on me, pussy galore. And this is one of my favorite. Uh, yep. Yep. So the further away towels. I get from Goldfinger, I keep reexamining and rethinking. The movie was trash, by the way. Someone told me. Yeah. Someone did say that. Uh, see podcast three. <laughs> I keep, I keep reexamining p- uh, pussy galore. Here's, here's where I'm at right now. The eighth movie on. She's pretty strong. She's a strong character. Mm. mm. That happened to be in an awful scene. Thank you. Can we, can we agree on that? Yeah, okay. 30 seconds. So, here it is. I don't like her as a Bond girl because she's always so serious. Zero fun, which is a departure from the typical Bond girl and an outlier in a lot of the more popular Bond girls that we'll see in the series. And personality, to me, is a really big thing. You can be a beautiful woman... 
But if you are an ice queen, if you have no personality, if you have no sense of humor, if you're not fun, if you're dumb, those are things that are real turnoff to me. I can't get past a beautiful girl who has nothing to talk about, who is not funny, who I can't have a conversation with. I won't find you attractive anymore. This is the... Oh, man. This and is... I think that's what... Pussy Galore is like she... So I was turned off because I was... In real life, I would meet Pussy Galore and I'd be like, great, I'll work with you. You you seem to be good at what you do. You can fly my plane. That's wonderful. I could get... We're not going on a date ever. I'm not... I'm never going to hit on you. But it just goes to show like our different backgrounds. And I... And, you know, being the pilot and the engineer, you know, I... What I love about her character is she's clearly smart. Obviously, she has a skill that I love. Right. But I would say she is funny. She's just in the dry, nerdy humor. You know, the way she turns down Goldfinger, like, after this is over, what do you plan to do? And, you know, and she's like, I'm just going to disappear on an island. You know, it's like the way it's not necessarily like wide open humor, Mm -hmm. but she's like, yeah, screw you and all your money. I'm doing this to get from point A to point B. Right. You prick. Right. So I thought she had dry, nerdy, funny moments. Maybe. Um, but I, yeah, I, I see the points you're making. Yeah, so I thought you would. I, I enjoyed that. I'm glad you're coming around to Pussy Galore because I, you know, that was a rough moment in this whole right. podcast partnership. So I'll relate this all to modern day. We're going to date this podcast for yep. future prosperity. Mm-hmm. I think that's an issue that two candidates and this American uh, presidential election cycle. Oh, we're going politics here. Well, I think you know, I'm I'm, ra- I'm thinking about you know, you know. Pussy galore and, and what was you know off putting you know to me. I understand we're running long. Um, I want you to continue your point though. Just letting you know the looking time. at Carla Fiorina mm-hmm. and just how serious she mm-hmm. is and Hillary Clinton, which is unfortunate because no one's ever going to complain that a male candidate is serious and focused on the job. But as a female, you know it's like whoa, he, you want to crack a smile there, sweet cheeks. <laughs> You know, kind of thing. And it's a comment. It's yeah. a it's an interesting commentary on how yeah. this double standard, you know, that we have. No one's ever going to be like, oh, James, you're really serious. What the, f-? you know, what's what's wrong with you, Daniel Craig? Crack a smile every once in a while. <laughs> but uh, you know, uh, Pussy Galore comes around and she's like, I'm here to do a job, damn it. And okay. you're just like, hey, you're a shitty Bond girl. It was a means to an end. Yeah, you know, she was. Yeah. So then she had a mission. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So yeah. I'm at one suffragette. But uh, yeah, I know where we're at opposite ends. Uh, I see the point you're making, though. There was definitely not a strong female Bond character in the as compared to the Connery era. Miss um, uh, Solitaire was very much, you know, as I mentioned before, just very, very. Uh, what's the word I want? Uh, Moldable, like he, he turned her rather quickly. Impressionable, but then yeah, thank you. That's but then again, but the then tarot she card. The, she saw the tarot card, that, and they said they were going to be lovers, and clearly she believed that not with every bone in her body, you know. So maybe because maybe the tarot cards never never lied. Yeah, but then we find out that uh, James Bond, excuse me, James Bond well, created he, a deck full of lovers, <laughs> which is like so sophomoric. That's like something you would do in high school. I feel like that was that was kind of cheating. It's kind of shitty. Yeah, but. At the time she pulled a lover's card, they were... That was legitimate. That was legitimate. So. Right. He was just trying to drive that point home. Yeah. Welcome to Bonding Over Bond. Running rankings. Rank the overall movie. So we're going to try something a little different this week. And uh, 
Different is good. Different is good. You know, I, let's just go in and start talking about the movie. Okay. Um, I think we're gonna have. I'm just gonna go right to the point, and this was gonna be. This movie is gonna be in my bottom third. Um, okay. As we've talked about in the beginning, it. Uh, the subject matter just didn't appeal to me. Yeah. I liked Roger Moore. Believe it or not, I like Roger Moore. Uh-huh. Um, I just, I had trouble getting my hands around on the, the content. Um, how were you on this movie? I put it, it, it's in the You Only Live Twice range. Yep. So, last movie we talked about, Diamonds is going to be a movie. I couldn't place Diamonds. I really struggled with it. And I said Diamonds is going to be like a barometer. Movies are either going to go above Diamonds or beneath Diamonds. This movie went beneath Diamonds, so Diamonds going to float up a little bit mm-hmm. in the rankings. I Right now, and then I maybe I mentioned this at the top of the podcast, uh, Live and Let Die is last. We've ranked eight movies. It's eighth. Mm-hmm. And like you, it will fall hard. It's going gonna, it's gonna to fall. I'm going to fall hard? Is that what you're saying? The movie is. Oh, okay. So it's at eight. So right now it's on the top. It's in the top eight by default because we've only done eight movies. Mm-hmm. But as we keep watching movies, it's going to fall to the bottom eight. I'm agreeing with you, damn it. I uh, I want to know what your opinion is. Um, what did you think of Roger Moore if you had to compare him to George Lazenby? He's more confident than George, uh, and I think a lot so of that you, had to do with Roger Moore's an experienced actor. He's 45 years old, for God's sake. I know. Isn't that amazing? That's, that is so amazing when you consider... You look at the age of Sean Connery when he 32? did Dr. No, 32, 33, whatever yeah. it was. George is 28. Uh, Lazenby's twenty. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Tom. Yeah, that's right. And he's friggin' forty-five. And he looks good for forty-five. He looks great for forty-five. He's gonna age pretty hard though. But he's looking great. He right looks now. good for forty-five. He's fit. Yeah, you can tell he got this part, and they were like, <laughs> "You better go to the gym, son." Um, and he also, you know, Roger Moore. He he did the Saint for what seven, eight years. I'm so, so ignorant. He, that's another thing I'm ignorant on is that Val Kilmer made a movie based on. The, I did not see that either. On the Saint. I'm familiar with all these things. I did not see them. Yeah. Um, so it's a you know British television show, uh, The Saint. It was kind of a similar drama or genre, excuse me, as you know James Bond. It's a spy you know type of agent for hire kind of. Mm-hmm. I'm not describing the Saint. Well, I'm sorry. I apologize to our British fans out there, but he, I'm saying Roger Moore had a lot of experience. He's a, yeah. he's a trained actor. He's not a new guy. Yeah. So he he's comes in. He's he's, he's handsome. He's a naturally handsome man. Yep. Uh, you know Sean Connery even said he's a more natural. Bond mm-hmm. than than I was. Uh, Roger Moore, he's charismatic. He's a huge flirt. Mm-hmm. You know, he fits that very well. And he has the blue eyes. Mm-hmm. James Bond in the novel has you know blue eyes, so he fits the mold. He's just um, he's a little more flirty. He's um, I'm going to talk about this in kind of a little more detail in the next few podcasts. Uh, what did you think? You know, compared to. I know you're comparing him a little bit there to Sean Connery, but just if I my what I try to do is if if Roger Moore showed up in Doctor No, do you think Doctor No could have carried this, the franchise like Sean Connery did? We have a different opinion because you talked about in your last podcast putting the whole work. It's one of the things that Pierce is going to yeah. get knocked for you. Yeah, heavy. Whereas yeah. I kind of try to picture it. I'm going to take your best performance and I'm going to put it against. I don't like that. Well, I, I think I think it's only fair because you look at Sean Connery, who we gave him such glowing compliments for growing more and more in Sean and, and the character, which is going to be spoiler alert. One of my knots on Roger Moore 
he gets seven chances to do this, mm-hmm. and I think he hits a plateau, and then he starts going down. He devolves as James Bond, and so I'm, I'm gonna. That's gonna hurt him some, but I think it's also fair to look at after seven movies, what's the best more, what performance did he put out there, mm-hmm. and, and you know, kind of look against against the grain where you're just like, let's put you in and Doctor No, could you could you do it? Obviously, he proved in this movie he's ready to. To step in as James Bond, yeah, and one film, yeah. Um, so he didn't need, but more back in the movie because we have a whole Bond section mm-hmm. to talk about Bond and 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 rank him. I I want to talk a little bit about um, my issue. One of the issues I have with this movie is this Bond, this version of Bond, is captured a lot, but unlike prior films, there's no reason for Kananga to ever keep Bond alive. So Goldfinger needed to keep him alive, otherwise uh, MI6 would, or or the CIA, they would rush in and try to find him. Yep. So James Bond kept having to report. Blofeld, and I've been meaning to talk about this for a while, Blofeld to me, Blofeld James Bond is very similar to Joker Batman. It's a classic, Blofeld needs James Bond, and James kind of needs a Blofeld in his life. He needs a villain to chase I missed it already you missed what I missed the whole Blofeld uh, James Bond dynamic D- dynamic yeah it's like oh, okay, oh, we gotta go on to the next chapter you know it's this new drug lord guy okay you know it's like, well I, I I appreciated that I appreciate, there's there's other I villains it, but I you know it, in the world we've, we've done so much with it and in the past something like this would have been covered in the opening sequence of the movie a mission like this yes Right. Potentially. It's I an mean, odd mission it. to send James in, Bond, uh, Goldfinger, which is, you know, weird Yeah, that the whole movie is based on a mission that's just odd mm-hmm. to send Bond on. It's not, is this really the mission you're sending Britain's top agent to investigate on, you know, kind of deal? So that's, I thought that was an issue that was, again, there's no reason to keep him alive. Kananga mm-hmm. should have killed him easily. Yeah. The first time he had him in custody. You killed the other three agents yep. that were spying on you. Why are you keeping Bond alive? There's no script reason to do that. Which leads to the realism of, of this film. Obviously, I don't think either of us believe it's a realistic film because of the subject matter, right? Pretty yeah, simple. My note just simply says, in some ways, yes. In other ways, it's well over the top. So it's pretty much a and then campy movie. To me, I have a big issue that it's just a cash-in on the... Black exploitation uh, films of the era. So yeah. that's. However, I will getting into things we loved about the film. Strutter, the CIA agent Strutter. You, you loved him. I mean, he was he was fine. He was you know he's I, he, I he had like, that natural like, cool hey, and charisma. Every every bad guy's black. We better have a guy that's uh, uh, a good guy on on there. That's what it felt like to me. It's like he was so. But minor he, he was also like yeah. Look at. Look at this African American male in America. You can be in the CIA. You aren't a stereotype. I guess it was positive. That's a good point of view. Yeah. And I think ever since the first movie, when Jack Lord played Felix Leiter, we've been looking for a Felix Leiter who has that natural cool and charisma. Which, of which this James Felix Bond Leiter did not. Did not. However, <laughs> you know, uh, Strutter did. He did. And he did. unfortunately, it's going to be until Casino Royale when the producers like, oh, you know what? Felix Leiter doesn't need to be white. Yeah, we could just get the best actor for this, and they get the best actor to play Felix Leiter, and it, we have to wait, unfortunately, that long. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that in this movie, 
They didn't hire. They didn't have the actor who played Strutter. Um, what's the gentleman's name? I'm gonna give him some credit. Lon Satin. Um, they didn't have like you should be Felix. Yeah. You just have great chemistry with Roger Moore. Mm-hmm. Not this other dope. One of my uh, one of my favorite actors in the movie is the uh, taxi driver. The one that gets shot at the beginning. No, the one that the one that goes. You know where you're going? You're going to Harlem. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That kind of cracked me up in the movie. Um, what else did you love? Uh, the black turtleneck pants. I yeah. like that. That was a good. Jane Seymour. That was in mine. Doctor Quinn, Medicine Woman. That's right. Yeah. Speedboat chases and jumps. No, I had a problem with that. You didn't like that? No, as a as a boat owner. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Those the 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 outboard on uh, on those motors. When you go on land, your propellers are below those the boat. Jet, jet boats. No, they had. If you watch the extra features, they were jet boats. You still need propellers. Not if it's a jet. No, you don't need a propeller for a jet boat. Well then, uh, I know you you own a sailboat, so you have no concept of motors except you know. When you I have an I have an inboard and I have a propeller in the back. Yes, thirteen horsepower. <laughs> <laughs> it's oh, essentially yeah. for docking and leaving the dock. That's it. That's the whole sole purpose of that engine on on my boat. But uh, what do you think of the crocodile running? It's in Louisiana. That I, was done. That was real. That was a real. That was a real. That was real. Yeah. And you know, the whole Kananga name that was the guy that owned the crocodile alligator. Alligator. Farm. That was a nice little nod. I like that nod to him. Okay. Yeah. So things I things I hate uh, the plot. Uh, this seems like a silly 007 mission. And again, I talked about. There's no reason to keep James alive. I thought that was that was kind of bullshit. You know what I hate? What did you hate? The 70s. I hate the 70s. That's why you weren't born in them. I know. You know what I kill? Uh, J.W. Pepper? Yes. Horrible. Oh, horrible, horrible character. And then I'm going to, I'll spoil this. As soon as he showed up and Golden Gun, oh. I threw my notepad and said, <laughs> what the fuck? What is he? I mean, this is a, a, the, the, the world's smallest. Uh, it's a small world. Small world. Apparently. Yeah. Do you want to jump into uh, the rest of the running ranking at this point? Yeah, I think we could hit the bell and. Cars. It was a good. Like, our, our producers are foaming at the mouth over there. Um, it was a good conversation. And I think we've spent a lot of time kind of circling around what we normally would rank. So I think we could kind of get through the running ranking and almost. Rather a, quickly. A speed round. Yeah. Almost. So no voices. Don't, don't give us any voices. We're just going to very quickly. Because we've talked about. We've. This is an easy movie to rank. We've, we've talked about it. Yeah, yeah, so really quickly, car. Where do you have it ranked? Bottom third. There's no car. It's going to be 24th for me, obviously. There's yep. no car. Uh, song. Top third. I have it uh, top third. Well, let's talk about the song for a little bit because I'm a diehard Beatles fan. Okay. So I, I, I want to get into... Let's just go and fucking change the rules right now. All really right, quickly. Right, yep. We'll just yep. we'll pump the brakes and then speed it up Speed it up uh, real, real quick. Main movie song. If you listen to the song on its own... There's, it's like a typical... Can you go ahead and do a little snippet of the song right here? Yeah. Yeah. The young and your heart was an open book. You used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you And then, uh, since we're playing, I'm, I also want to play this. I, I'm, I'm going to edit it. Because this is typical Paul McCartney. He has he has a few types of songs. 
Paul McCartney is a songwriter. He has silly songs. See Rocky Raccoon. He has fun songs. Uh, he has love songs. See Yesterday. And then he has very serious songs where, where there's a lot of emotion and, and a lot of exigence to them. This is one of the more silly story type songs and the way he's loose with with the editing there are five tempo changes there's one there's two There's a combo. He combines one, two, and three. Here's four. And listen what he does. Listen what he does. He drops back down to three. Then he goes to one. Then he goes to two. Then he goes to three. It's just good songwriting right there, ladies and gentlemen. Paul McCartney, top five. There you go. Top third. All right, let's slam the brakes. Or, or no, slam on the accelerator. Opening sequence. Bottom third. Uh, I agree. Uh, although there's they're starting to get pretty blazing with the those are some nips those are some were they those are some nudie women on, what did I on here the villain um I'm gonna put this this is a little more this is a little difficult all right middle to bottom third all right right now he's I, last for me I think he's gonna be bottom third but I just have a memory of how shitty some of the Pierce Brosnan villains are yeah but he didn't do eight movies he only did so four, yeah so. I think he's still gonna be there. The actor's portrayal is Bond. James Bond. Really quick. We've talked enough about him, uh, but where are you going to project? I'm going to project... Does he beat Connery? No, absolutely not. Does he beat George one movie in? Yes. Okay, so he's at least second right yep. now. Yep. Okay, that's fair. I think uh, that's good. All right. I know we're running long. Good morning, people. I just landed in your town. Good morning, people. Wrap it up. All right. So here we are. Let's uh, bring this bad boy on home. Next week, we go from cashing in on black culture to martial arts culture. Download all our podcasts on iTunes. Tell every Bond fan you know. Tell everyone. Follow us on Twitter, at Bonding Over Bond. No comment there? Okay. Like our Bonding Over Bond Facebook page. 
Send us emails. Oh, yeah, like it. Like yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Send us emails. We want to foster the community bonding. We've talked about that. We want to get a mailbag segment in, all right? Start getting at these some, emails. At some point. Yeah. Get a, get a, get a mailbag. The on. email is bondingoverbond at gmail.com. Just like uh, follow us at Twitter at bondingoverbond. I never had a comment for you, so I just want to reiterate at bondingoverbond. You can reach us at Twitter. Very active. Yeah. We're very active on there. Yeah, at least uh, once a day we're trying to post yep. something. Yep. We're making comments. We're talking about bond. And if you want to go to a website, where would you go, Arturo? You would go to www.lionizepodcast.com. Can you go ahead and uh, take a minute and spell that for the listeners? Yeah, sure. That's L-I-O-N-I-Z-E. So it's like a lion. Lionize. Oh, I get it. L-I-O-N-I-Z-E. Yeah. Podcast.com. I get it. It's not this. You can It's Lion Eyes. Okay, so for all of you guys going to www.lyingeyes, I don't know what you're finding there. That sounds like a porn site, to be honest. That's not us. For your vulture, probably buy that. Uh, they put a budget request in for that. Yeah, uh, we should. Uh, they're pretty stingy. Yeah, haven't heard back for the uh, other budget request we had. No. What was that? Which one? Wait, no, no. I, I got an email from them. Was that the uh, re website? Did you request? Yeah, yeah. That... Yeah, trying to get the uh, off the server. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that email simply said, "Go fuck yourself." <laughs> I wasn't sure what that was. That was about. We're a little young. You know, yeah. A little young in the business. Yeah, we can say whatever we want at this point. They're yeah. not. They're not listening. Forty minutes into this podcast, those folks over at Free Revolt. And so again, that's lionizepodcast.com. Click on the Bonding Over Bond tab for more content, trivia, and news. And corrections. One of these days. One of these. Uh, yep. Yep. And I want you to remember, when you were young and your heart was an open book, you used to say, live and let live. You know you did, you know you did, you know you did. But if this ever-changing world in which we live in makes you give it a cry, say... Say, live and let die. Thank you for bonding with us here at Bonding Over Bond. Until next time, shake it. Don't stop. Asked how the podcast was going to go. Jesus Christ. <laughs> the fuck was that? <laughs> it's not like a firework. It's a little pop. <laughs>